0: verse 10 proverbs chapter 18 verse 10 this morning we are going to begin a a three-part study we're going to be looking at this study for about three weeks and i've titled it the name of the lord the name of the lord if you even want to get a little more technical the name of jehovah The name of Jehovah and and, and to begin the study. And this is really the verse we're going to base our study from from one single verse. We are going to be studying it for about three weeks. How is that possible? By the grace of God. But it's in Proverbs 1810. And if you have it, amen, let me know by saying amen. Amen, And this is what Solomon says in Proverbs 1810. He says, "The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it, and are safe. Let me read a, a, another translation for you. It's the, the ESV translation, and this is how they word it. The name of the Lord is a strong tower." The righteous man runs into it and is safe. The name of the Lord, the name of Jehovah is a strong tower. This verse, Proverbs 18:10, has always been a, a great source of, of peace and comfort to my life throughout. The years, like many of you, my life and my Christian walk has been filled with many trials, many tribulations, many tests. You know, the the, the Christian walk is not an easy walk. How many can say amen to that? It's filled with many trials, many suffering, many times of pain, many tests. That is what is found in in the the Christian walk. It's not a walk in the park, but it's a battlefield. It's a war. You know, the the psalmist in in Psalms 34, verse 19, he, he says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Jesus in John 16, 33 said, in the world, you will have tribulations. Paul said in in, in 2 Timothy 3.12, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And so throughout the Bible, we see promise after promise given to believers that they're going to suffer, that they're going to go through trials, that they're going to go through difficulties and hardships. And like these promises, as a follower of Christ, I've gone through my share of trials. I've suffered. I've experienced pain. I've gone through hardships and difficulties. And you know what? They're going to continue. Nothing's going to change. It's not going to get any easier. It's not going to get any lighter, but on this side of eternity, that's the lot of man. That's what we can expect. We, we live in a fallen world amongst a fallen race, and we're going to experience hardships. <clears throat> we're going to experience pain yet in the midst of that, in the midst of the trials, the difficulties The hardships I have learned through experience, through my personal experience, I have learned that as I run to the name of the Lord, I find safety. I find rest. I find comfort and strength in the name of the Lord, in the name of Jehovah, I've experienced that personally throughout my Christian walk, that the name of Jehovah is a strong tower. It's a place of refuge. It's a place of strength. It's a place of peace. And as I run to it, as I go to God, I constantly find safety. I constantly find refuge from the trials and the tribulation and difficulties of life. And that's really what I want to talk about for the next few weeks. I want to talk about the name of Jehovah, the name of the Lord. And I want to talk about why it's a place of refuge, why it's a place of strength, of protection, of comfort, of safety for all those who run to it. Listen, family, to this, this morning. At some point in the future, you will experience a trial. You will experience a difficulty. You will experience a hardship. At some point in the future, now, I don't want to... You know, worry you this morning, but I do want to prepare you that at some point your world is going to be rocked at some point in the future. At some point in the future, something is going to happen because that's our lot. That's life. Eventually, loved ones pass away. Eventually, even if they die of natural causes. Eventually it happens and we're going to be affected. Our world is going to be flipped upside down. And so because of this, we need to be prepared and we need to know how to respond to the trials of life, to the difficulties, to the hardships that we will experience as believers, you know, because. Whenever you go through a trial, go through a crisis, at times, you know, we respond in a a very negative way. And we begin to panic. We begin to worry ourselves to death. You know, we we go through a, a situation. It can be small or large. And instead of running to the name of the Lord, we worry. We begin to doubt. We begin to drive ourselves crazy. And we begin to get all anxious and stressed out. And, and we literally sicken ourselves because of the worry. And that's how many respond to the trials of life. And many sometimes are believers. And yet, the Bible teaches us that when we go through a trial, when we go through a difficulty, We need to run to the Lord. We need to run to the name of Jehovah and we need to allow him to be our strong tower. That's how that's how we need to respond. That's how we need to train ourselves as Christians that when we get into a crisis, we don't worry. We don't start going crazy, but we run To the name of the Lord. You know, in ancient times, the strong towers of a city were very, very important. Back then, cities were built differently than they are today. Cities normally, if it was a a, a good city, a, a fairly large city, it was surrounded by walls. And alongside of these walls, they constructed giant towers, which they called strong towers. And really what would happen is during times of danger, these strong towers, they served as a place of protection and shelter for the people that the strong towers were the safest place in the entire city and what really would happen is the enemy would attack an opposing army and right away the people would stop what they're doing and they would run to the strong towers and it was in the strong tower that they would find protection from the opposing army and it was in the strong tower that they were even able to defend themselves from the attack of the enemy, because it's a lot harder to shoot an arrow up than it is to shoot an arrow down. And so these strong towers were a place of protection, a place of refuge and a place of defense. And, and, and every person in the city, they had it trained in their mind. That when danger arose, they stopped what they were doing and they ran to the strong towers. You know, sometimes they would even sound an alarm or a bell or sound a trumpet to warn the people that danger was arriving, that danger was coming. And immediately the people stopped what they were doing and they ran to the strong towers. Because that was the the safest place in the city. And so that's the background behind this verse. And Solomon says, The name of Jehovah is a strong tower. The name of Jehovah is the safest place you can find yourself in. And the righteous run to it, there's an urgency. About it, the the, the righteous stop what they're doing, The, the, the righteous immediately, urgently, in the sign of danger, they run to the name of Jehovah and they are safe. You know, isn't it amazing that God desires for all his people to run to his name? Have you ever thought about that? That God is not intimidated by our problems. Isn't that amazing? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. And hopefully my dad doesn't get mad at me, you know, but sometimes I get intimidated in the ministry because on a daily basis, people kind of run to us with their problems. You know, they're they're going through a hardship, they're going through a difficulty, they're going through a trial. And they expect you to give them the words that they need. And it could be intimidating sometimes because really what you say, okay, Lord, what's waiting for me this week? What, What trial, what difficulty will someone run to me for help? And yes, the Lord always gives us the grace, gives us the wisdom to assist, to serve the brethren. But sometimes I, I get a little intimidated. Sometimes I'm thinking, oh, no, I don't know if I want to pick up. You know, I've been having a pretty good day. And, you know, I, I don't, it's tough. It's tough. That's all I'm saying. What we're human and it's tough. But nowhere in the Bible do I read that God's intimidated, that God is afraid. Check this out. Our problems don't surprise God. God has never taken off guard or taken by surprise. But God tells us, God teaches us. And even in some verses, he commands us that when we're going through a problem, when we're going through a trial, when we're going through a difficulty, we need to run to him. We need to run to his name for safety. We need to run to God for refuge, for protection. And not, not to a parent, not even to a pastor or leader, but first and foremost, we need to run to God. We need to run to the name of Jehovah. It's important for you to understand this this morning. In biblical times, the name of an individual, it carried so much more meaning and depth than a name does today. When you spoke of someone's name, you're really speaking of the nature, the character, or a specific work of that individual. A name told you something about the person, their name. There was... A depth behind their name. um, By knowing someone's name, you knew something about their character. You knew something about their nature. You knew a a certain aspect of their life. There was depth. There was substance behind a name. You know, nowadays, you know, you, you name someone A a, a given name because you like the name because it sounds cool or maybe because that was the name of of your grandpa or your dad. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I personally was was named after my dad's younger brother, my uncle who passed away in in the Vietnam War. And and I wear the name proudly. But in biblical times, it was just a, a little more deeper than that. And really, your name was, it meant everything. When you would present your name to someone, right away they knew something about you. Your character, your your nature, your your background, maybe a specific work or whatnot. There was great depth in the name. And, And so, when the Bible says the name of Jehovah is a strong tower, the righteous run to it and are safe, we need to ask ourselves the question, what does the name of Jehovah mean? What does it represent? What does it signify? What is so great in this name that safety and refuge are found in it? And so what I want to do, I want to share with you what the name means and so turn with me to exodus exodus chapter 3 and i want to read a few verses with you this morning in exodus exodus chapter 3 we're going to read verses 13 through 15 amen if you're still with me let me hear you say amen a little, it's a little quiet in here. I, I get nervous when it's quiet. No, I'm just kidding. I actually love when it's quiet. <laughs> Sometimes it, 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 there's noise. It, it could be a little distraction, but we're good this morning. Exodus chapter three, verses 13 through 15. This is what we read. Then Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. So, so, here in Exodus 3, if you're familiar with the chapter, Moses received his calling by God to go to Egypt and deliver the nation of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. But as as Moses was receiving his calling, he asked God a question. It was a very simple, sincere, yet profound question. He said, God, when I go to Egypt, and if the people ask me for your name, how should I respond? What should I tell them? What is your name, God? What should I say? And this is how God replied. He said, I am who I am. That is how you shall respond to the children of Israel. You tell them, I am sent you. That's my name. I am who I am. Now, now this response by God to Moses It reveals to us much about the nature and character of God. Now, remember what I told you, much is found in a name. And so the phrase, the response by God, I am who I am, it tells us much about God. You see, this phrase, it comes from the Hebrew word, verb excuse me which means to be this phrase i am who i am it comes from the hebrew verb which means to be now it's from this verb to be that the name jehovah or yahweh derives which eventually became known as the personal name of god amongst his people now now the truth is and it's greatly disputed but no one really knows the correct pronunciation of the name of God some say it's Yahweh some say it's Jehovah but the truth is we don't know the correct pronunciation of the personal name of God you see the Jews the the nation of Israel They considered God's personal name so holy, so sacred that they were forbidden and that they refused to pronounce it. And and really, tradition says only the high priest was allowed to pronounce the personal name of God. And he was only allowed to pronounce it once a year on the day of atonement. But if you know your history In A.D. 70, there in Jerusalem, the temple was destroyed and it was from that time until the present time that the name was never again pronounced. And so we've lost the correct pronunciation over time. Some say it's Jehovah. Some say it's Yahweh. The truth is we don't know what the correct pronunciation pronunciation is of the personal name of God you know to this day the Jews they don't even try to pronounce it they just refer to it as the Hashem which in Hebrew simply means the name because it's so sacred so holy um others refer to it as the tetragrammaton the the y-h-w-h the the four-letter word it's so holy is so sacred that the, we don't know how it is correctly pronounced. But, but the word finds its roots in the Hebrew verb to be, to be. And so this is the idea behind it. This is something I don't want you to forget. The name of Jehovah The the words used by God to present his name to Moses. It carries the idea of the becoming one, the becoming one or the self-existent one. And, And this is the idea behind it. By God revealing himself through this name, God is telling us that he desires to be everything we could ever need or desire or want in life. God wants to become everything in our life. That's what God is revealing behind his name. Remember, there's depth, there's meaning behind a name. And God tells Moses, I am who I am. Jehovah, Yahweh, that's my name. And what does God mean by that? I want to become everything to you. My name is a verb to be. I want to be everything in your life. I want to be your all and all. I want to be everything. I want to be what you need. I want to be. What you're looking for, because really God is telling us through his name that he possesses what we're looking for. He is the only one that can bring satisfaction to our lives. He's the only one that can fill the void in the human heart. He's the only one that can bring purpose, value, meaning, you know, I've heard it so many times, brother, sister, share with me your testimony. How did you come to the Lord? Oh, wow, brother, you know, I was working, making this amount of money, living this type of lifestyle. I had everything. But the truth is, brother, I felt empty. I felt void. I felt like I didn't have purpose. Because the truth is, only God can fill that void. Only God can bring purpose, value, meaning, because he's the becoming one. He is to be. He wants to be everything. You understand that? God wants to become everything in your life. What do you need? What do you desire? What are you looking for? God wants to be that in your life. Now, now the question you might have, if you're a, a thinker, if you ponder these kind of things, you might have this question. Adam, that sounds cool. That sounds neat. That even sounds interesting. But, But what exactly... Does God desire to be in my life? God is the becoming one. He wants to be in my life, but what does He want to be in my life? You know, that's a, a good question. And I think God, knowing all things, seeing all things, knew we would have that question. And so, God, throughout the Old Testament, He's revealed to us by his name, by the name Jehovah, what exactly he desires to be in our life. You know, throughout the Old Testament, we read of many occasions where God's personal name Jehovah is found in what we call a compound form. Now, some of you might be saying, Adam, you know, I struggle already with my English what does compound form mean? Simply this, brethren, family. It means that God's personal name, Jehovah, is connected with another name. That's all it means. You have two words that form one word, and we refer to it as a compound word. And so throughout the Old Testament, God has revealed Himself. And he has revealed what he wants to be in our life through his personal name found in compound form. And each of these compound forms of Jehovah, it reveals to us something about the nature, something about the character, something about the work of God. Each of these names Reveal to us something that God desires to be in our lives, a a, a way God wants to relate to us or a work that God wants to perform in our lives. And and so what I want to do with with the time that I have for the next few weeks, I want to share with you some of these compound names of Jehovah. That has been revealed to us and through them. I I want you to have a better understanding what God desires to be in your life. And I want you to understand why the name of Jehovah is a strong tower. That's what I want to teach you. I I want you to understand a little bit more about the character of God, about the nature of God and why he's a strong tower, why he's a refuge, why everything you can possibly need is found in God. You know, A.W. Tozer once said that the most important thing about you is what you think about God. How high are your thoughts concerning God? How, how what's your view of God? Do, do you understand the nature of God? Yes. We can't understand it fully, but God has revealed himself in his word. He is so great, so big, so grand. And as you understand the nature of God, you understand why he's a refuge, why he's a strong tower. You understand that whatever you might go through in life, God is so much bigger. God is so much bigger. You know, there's Christians who they they don't take the time to study the nature of God. And when they go through a trial, when they go through a storm, they panic because their God is so small. And they see their storms as a giant, and they see their God as someone smaller than that giant. But as we take the time... To understand how great our God is and how everything we can possibly need is found in Him, it makes it a lot easier for us to run to Him. It makes it a lot easier for us to trust in Him. What does the Bible teach us? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. How many of you know that verse? Romans 10:17. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Have you ever asked yourself the question, why does faith come by hearing the word of God? We can quote the verse. We know the verse. We hear the verse. Do we understand the verse? Do we know what it means? I think what Paul was trying to tell us is that as you read the word, as you study the word, as you get to know God, your faith increases Because it's easier for you to trust God. It's easier for you to depend upon God because you know him. You know how great he is. You know how big he is. And so it's not hard to trust him. You have faith because you you know the God of the scriptures and you know that that he's in a, a league of his own. And no trial, no storm, no challenge, no difficulty can match the God of the Bible, Jehovah, the becoming one. He's a strong tower. And the righteous run to him and are safe. And so I want to talk a little bit about the name of Jehovah, why he's a strong tower. And what exactly he wants to be in our life. And so to begin, the, the, the first compound form of the name we're going to look at is found in Genesis twenty two fourteen. 14. I think I got time to share with you a couple of them this morning. And we're going to look at, at more in the weeks to come. There's a few of them. I don't know if I have time to share all of them with you, but I'm going to do my best. And I'm going to trust that God will take care of the rest. Amen. Genesis chapter 22, verse 14. Let's read it together. Genesis 22, 14. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah will provide, as it is said to this day in the Mount of Jehovah, it shall be provided. And so, the first way we see that God has revealed Himself. To us by his personal name is Jehovah Jireh. We were just singing it a little earlier. And Jehovah Jireh, it means Jehovah will provide. Jehovah will provide. So, so listen to this. The first thing, yeah, at least for the sake of our study, that God wants to be in our lives. Is he wants to be our provider. God wants to be. Because remember Jehovah means to be the becoming one. He wants to be our provider. God desires to provide everything and anything that you might need. He he, he desires us to depend upon him. To trust in him that he is going to provide our needs you know the the truth is we have many needs amen we have many physical needs we have many mental emotional needs and most importantly we have spiritual needs and God Jehovah Jireh he wants to provide for our needs he wants to be our provider and i think one of the reasons why god reveals himself to us through this name is because god doesn't want us to worry how many of you know that that we worry a lot or always worrying how am i going to get this what if i get fired what if the, 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 the bills don't get paid? What if I get sick? What if my children, what, 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 what? We worry ourselves to death. And God tells us, know me as Jehovah Jireh. I will provide you. You know, the Lord Jesus, he talked about worrying because the Lord knew that, that we worry so much. If you ever have a chance, read Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Fascinating portion of scripture. Jesus, in these few verses, chapter 6, verses 25 through 34, he tells us, listen to this, on three occasions, he tells us the phrase, do not worry. Wow! Jesus knew us good. Amen. You know, because all of us, like my mom used to say, we, we're worry warts. That's what she used to call me back in the days. Because I used to worry for everything. Oh, mom, what if while we're driving, my seatbelt gets unbuckled and the door opens and I fly out. And we're just like driving to the neighbor's house. You know, I, I used to worry for everything. And yet Jesus tells me, don't worry. Don't worry. You know, in the whole context of the portion is the Lord is saying, look around you, look at the birds, look at the fields. God provides for them. Don't you think he's going to provide for you? He's Jehovah Jireh. He wants to be our provider. And that's why the Lord ends that little discourse, that little section by saying, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. What was he saying? He was simply saying, serve God, get to know God, seek God, and everything else will fall into place. God will provide. He's Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. He wants to provide our physical needs, our emotional needs and most importantly, our spiritual needs. You see, when when God was revealing himself to Abraham as Jehovah-Jireh, it was right after Abraham offered Isaac on Mount Moriah. You know the story, if you're familiar with Genesis 22. God commanded Abraham to take his only son, Isaac, And he commanded him to offer him as a burnt offering on Mount Moriah. And and, and Abraham obeyed by faith. And and as he was about to offer Isaac, the scriptures teach us that the angel of the Lord stopped Abraham. And really the the picture we get is Isaac is, is there on the offering altar. Abraham got some type of knife in his hand. And he's about to strike Isaac and as he's lifting up his arm, the angel of the Lord stopped him, stopped him from sacrificing his son. And the Bible tells us that a ram was provided as a substitute for Isaac. And so after all this took place, Abraham called that place Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah will provide and there was more going on there than meets the eye because really that name that story from that day forward the nation of Israel were waiting for the day when Jehovah would provide a lamb for himself for the sins of the people. From that day forward, Jehovah will provide. The people understood it that one day God was going to provide salvation, that one day God was going to provide a substitute for their sins. And the nation waited and they waited and they waited. And you get to the book of Malachi, but God had not provided the sacrifice yet. The lamb had not appeared and you have the the 400 silent years between the Old and New Testament. And as you open up the New Testament, you get to John chapter one, verse twenty nine. And there you see the prophet of God, John the Baptist. He opens up this this New Testament by saying, behold, the lamb of God. That takes away the sins of the world, and I'm sure many people right away they thought of Genesis 22. Jehovah will provide the sacrifice for the sins of the people, and He kept His promise. He provided Himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, the salvation of God appeared the lord jesus christ and it's only through jesus that salvation is provided it's only through jesus that salvation is available and it's only through jesus that salvation is received it's only through the lamb slain and so when when you think of jehovah jireh what does god want to be god wants to be our provider And this morning, what is your need? You know, and and we all have needs this morning. That's just honest. No one here is perfect. No one here got it figured out. No one here is super spiritual and they can have that attitude. You know what? I don't need anything. We have needs. What's your need? Is it a, a, a physical need? Is it an emotional, mental need? Is it a spiritual need? Whatever the case may be, run to Jehovah. Run to the name of the Lord. Run to Jehovah Jireh, for he is our provider. Isn't that so amazing to think? You know, I think what, what Paul said, Philippians 419, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God wants to supply all your needs. Now, notice how I say need, because if you don't need it, he's probably not going to supply it. No, because some read that verse, Jehovah Jireh, Lord, I want a new Corvette. And the Lord's like, no. You need a, a new bus pass. That's what you need. I, I want you to share the gospel on the sun bus, so here's your pass. You need some humility. You need to be content. You need to be okay with the cards, doubt with you, understanding that God got a plan, God got a program for your life. But if you need it, he'll, he'll provide. No, I, don't, I don't believe in that prosperity gospel. I don't believe that we're all called to be healthy driving bentleys and i heard a pastor said i got two bentleys because i want people to understand that 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 god wants to bless the servants of god i said no you need to sell those bentleys and build some orphanages in mexico so i'm not judging him, i'm not criticizing him but just the, the, just the message the teaching that that's what we criticize because it's not according to scripture but but i do believe I'm not going to let the the, the TBN mess it up for me, though. I'll be honest with you. Because, yeah, I don't believe God wants to get me a Bentley, but I do believe with all my heart that God will supply my needs. Amen? I do believe that God will give me what I need, that God's going to take care of me. Does that mean I'm going to be rich? Does that mean I'm going to make that six-figure salary? Probably not. But I'm okay with that because whatever I need jehovah will provide because he's jehovah jireh it's a part of his nature check that out that's just who god is that's the nature of god to provide to meet the needs of his children and you can trust in him you can take it to the bank god can't deny himself God cannot be anything but a provider. That's his nature. That's his character. And that's his promise. And he'll meet your need. He'll be there for you. He got your back because he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Amen. I got about five more minutes. And I just got to show you one more thing. Is that okay? Amen. Okay. Turn with me to Exodus. Exodus. Exodus chapter 15. We, We got about five more minutes, maybe 10. If I can just shoot it in there and we will be dismissed. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. You know, I was I was thinking of, of handing an outline this morning, giving you guys a little notes, but then I said to myself, I'm not gonna do it because I want you to to underline these verses in your Bible if you can. And and I I want you to to use your Bible this morning. I, I love the sound of Bibles on Sunday. To me, it's the greatest blessing to hear Bibles in a church. <laughs> you know, there, there's nothing like Bibles in the house of God. And if you ever go to a church and no one has Bibles, you might not want to continue to go there. That's just a little advice. It can be the nicest church, the most beautiful church, the, the biggest church, but if there's no Bibles it's not going to be an effective church. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, this is what it says. If you diligently heed the voice of Jehovah, your God. Now, I'm using the word Jehovah, but in your Bibles, you might have the word Lord in all capitals. That is the word Jehovah in the original language. If you diligently heed the voice of Jehovah, your God, and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases on you, which I have brought on the Egyptians. And this is the phrase for I am Jehovah who heals you. I am Jehovah who heals you. And so the second way we see that God has revealed himself by his personal name, Jehovah is by the compound form Jehovah-Rafi. Jehovah-Rafi, and that simply means Jehovah heals. Jehovah heals. And so what does God want to be in our life? God desires to be our healer. God desires to be our healer. God wants to heal us from all infirmities, from all sicknesses, From all diseases. From all heartaches. From all scars. From all pains and hurts. From the past. God wants to be our healer. You know and I think that that falls in three categories. First. God wants to physically heal us. If it's according to his will. God wants to heal us. You know. All of us, at one point or another, we need physical healing. And we know someone who does. You know, I know a brother, a sister, who, who they're, they're just the type of people that are always sick. And, and, and that's just their body. That's just their makeup. That doesn't mean they're in sin. That doesn't mean that they lack faith. It's just a lot that has fallen upon them. But they're sick. They, they battle health issues and God if it's according to his will he wants to bring healing you know I believe in divine healing I believe that God this morning is powerful enough to bring a healing to your body physically he's our healer he is Jehovah Rafi also I believe God wants to bring emotional healing Many need emotional healing. Many have been hurt when they were small. Many have been abused, neglected as a child. Many struggle emotionally. You know, and, 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 and I've been learning that it's not only women, but it's men too. You know, growing up, you know, they they taught you men don't have emotions. Men don't have feelings. That's that's women. Men were made from the dirt. You know, God created Adam from the dirt and you never see the dirt crying, you know, so men don't cry and whatnot. But but the truth is, man, to a certain degree, we we are emotional. Now, does that mean I'm going to cry at every movie? no. But, but does that mean we, we do feel things? We do go through things even though we don't express it? Yes, we do. And we need emotional healing. Women, men, we battle emotionally. We've, we've gone through things that have left scars. We've had our heart broken. We've been let down. We've been disappointed by our Our hero that we thought would never disappoint us. And and we have those pains. We have those hurts. And God comes to us and says, I want to heal you. I want to heal your broken heart. I want to mend that broken heart. I want to bring comfort, to bring rest. I'm Jehovah Rafi, physically, emotionally, and most importantly, spiritually. He wants to bring healing because everyone has a problem and that problem is sin. All of mankind is sick with sin and the only cure for the human heart is Jehovah Rafi, our healer, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, you see the, the cross behind me? You know, we, we had a, a missions banner up here. We, we were celebrating missions, and um, it looked beautiful, looked nice, but this week I said, man, you know, missions week is over. We need to get that cross back up there, you know, because the cross to me, it, it's the remedy It's the sign. It's the symbol. And as the people come, the first thing I want them to see is the cross. Because as you see the cross, you you think of the Lord Jesus. And as you think of the Lord Jesus, you understand, you realize that's the remedy. That's the healer. That's the solution. He's the answer. You know, people come and, and, and they come with needs. And I think, Lord, only you can meet those needs, only you can provide, only you can heal, for you are our healer, physically, emotionally, spiritual needs, you need forgiveness, the Lord can heal, the Lord can bring forgiveness, have you lost your first love, are you feeling a little cold, a little dry, less passionate, he's our healer, he can heal your heart, he can Heal your spirit. He can reignite the fire in your heart. He's the healer. What have you gone through? What are you going through? Jehovah heals. He's the healer. And listen to this. I'm just going to end with this. He's not only able, but he's willing. He wants to. He wants to heal you. He wants to meet your need. He wants to be there for you. You know, in the Bible, in Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45, you don't have to turn there. But I just want to end with this reference. We read the story of a leper. And this leper approached Jesus. And he told Jesus, Lord if you're willing, you can heal me. You can cleanse me. If you're willing, Lord. If you want to, Lord, I know you have the power. I know you're Jehovah-Rafi. I know you're Jehovah-Jireh. And Lord, if you're willing. And the leper knew his sickness was incurable. He knew that there was no cure for leprosy. And yet. He said, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me. You can do the work. You can bring the change. You can bring the healing. You can bring the help that I need. And the Bible tells us, one of the most powerfulest verses in the Gospel of Mark, that Jesus looked at the leper and he responded, I am willing be cleansed I'm willing and this morning that's what the Lord tells you and that's what the Lord tells me I am willing be cleansed be forgiven be healed be blessed be comforted be at peace, be strong, be courageous, be victorious. I am willing, be healed. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rafi, the name of Jehovah is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. And this morning, whatever storm You might be in whatever battle you might be facing. Run to the name of the Lord. Find your protection. Find your refuge. Find your rest. Find your strength in God. Allow Jehovah to be what you need. For he is the becoming one. Amen amen what a beautiful study the name of jehovah is a strong tower the righteous run to it and are safe next sunday